0: Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast. I am your host, Frank Giles. Today we will be presenting a citrus conversation between Dr. Michael Rogers, the director of the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alford and Dr. Nian Wang, who will be discussing his research in developing a gene-edited or CRISPR technology citrus tree that hopefully one day will be tolerant to HLB. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Michael. Welcome to this edition of Citrus Conversations, and today I'm joined by Dr. Nian Wang. He's a professor of microbiology and cell science here at the Citrus Research and Education Center, and also our Graves Eminent Scholar Chair in Agricultural Biotechnology. Welcome, Dr. Wong.
1: Thank you, Dr. Roger. Uh, thank you for the nice introduction.
0: Yeah, and so uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about CRISPR and gene editing of plants. And this is something that, that's gotten a lot of attention in the industry lately. Um, uh, you know, we've seen our yields decline statewide quite a bit. Um, folks are really having a hard time hanging on and, and surviving right now. Uh, Currently, there's a lot of therapies that are being used in the citrus industry and the goal is to try to keep trees productive as long as possible, but we know it's not gonna last forever. Um, Things like trunk injections are really just buying us a little bit of time until we have uh, solutions developed to HLB. And so that's where CRISPR comes in. I think a lot of people have a lot of hope that CRISPR, this gene editing technology, is going to be the, the ultimate solution for us to help uh, solve HLB. And so today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, what is gene editing and what is CRISPR. And um, and so we've got Dr. Wong, who's the the world's leading expert on this for citrus, uh, using gene editing technology to develop new varieties uh, for disease resistance. And so CRISPR. Um, And this stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. That's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want you to necessarily explain to us what all that means, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but can you, can you simplify that for us? What is CRISPR or gene editing? What's, what are you doing with this process?
1: Okay, Uh, CRISPR, you know, is really a a very simple adaptive immune response for the, um, for the microbes. But uh, you know, scientists have uh, adapted this, uh, this, uh, you know, Phenomena to for the genome editing, okay. but basically, um, for the human, uh, gene therapy for the plant, we do the like uh, for the, uh, gene editing to uh, improve the genetic, um, read, uh, okay. against the disease. Um, so has been, uh, is since, uh, is the first uh, successful use for the genome editing implant in plant in two thousand thirteen, it has, you know, have a lot of progress has been made. For citrus, it now has been in the such recent step as a, we can do the transgene phrygial editing. I think that's a really big step. Okay. Yeah. So
0: backing up, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned, so 2013 was yeah. the first time that CRISPR was ever used for editing a plant. This was not citrus, but it was mm-hmm. done some other, other crop. That's 10 mm-hmm. years ago. So this yeah. is actually a really mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. technology, something that... Um, when HLB first showed up in Florida, we this wasn't probably even thought about at that point in time, or at least not by us, I guess.
1: Uh, actually, uh, we started in about a similar time. Um, okay. We got our, like, uh, you know, the first paper was published in, uh, in Arabian um on rise in 2013. Actually, we submitted our paper in like, uh, later, 2013 as well. It okay. uh, was published in 2014. So basically, we started work at a similar time. Okay. Yeah, but uh, eventually, it takes us a long time to really uh, reach the transgene-free. That's uh, because for other crop, they're not transgene-free at the beginning either. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's a big difference, and mm-hmm. I think the one thing we'll focus on mm-hmm. right now is the the use of the term transgene-free. Mm-hmm. And so this is different from when we think about genetic modification in the past. We were talking about. The term GMO, genetically modified organism, that, mm-hmm. that was kind of a bad word in in, in mm-hmm. the public, uh, because we're talking about transgenics. And so, mm-hmm. what's the difference between gene editing and say, we'd say, talk about transgenics? Uh,
1: transgenics uh, and transgene-free. Transgenics can be in many ways, right? You know, you, normally you do the overexpression. Uh, it's really done by the more time we done by the uh, agro. Uh, agrobacterial mm-hmm. mediated normally is uh, uh, the the, ter- uh, the the sequence get insert into the plant uh, is uh, have tdna and also have the selected marker like kanamycin uh, so this is uh, some concerns um, but for the uh, for the uh, we do the genome editing right use can be transgenic or transgene free so at the beginning, we many people did many crops. Most, genetic uh, uh, gene editing, are done by the transgenic approach. Okay. So basically, you still have the TDA, you still have a selection marker. Um. Uh, <clears throat> for the citrus, uh, right now we did the transgene-free. Basically, we we are not we can do <clears throat> a different approach. We basically remove uh, without uh, any foreign DNA. Basically, mm-hmm. um. So it's very easy to go through the regulatory process. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: And, and so so basically the difference is like mm-hmm. with, with transgenics, you're mm-hmm. adding something to the plant, but with this gene editing, mm-hmm. you're basically working with what's already in the plant, not necessarily having to add stuff, but mm-hmm. I think as you mentioned, mm-hmm. there are still different approaches using mm-hmm. CRISPR mm-hmm. Um, that are considered transgenic because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people working on uh, gene editing or CRISPR mm-hmm. But most of the people who are working with citrus using CRISPR, it's still considered transgenic because they're still adding stuff to the citrus. And that's where your research is different and comes in is that, you know, when you say transgene-free, you're not adding stuff that would cause regulatory concerns uh, for the plant.
1: That's right. So far, um, you know, many people have published on, not, not many people, several labs have published on the citrus. You uh, know, editing use CRISPR specifically, um, but so far only um, our lab in UF, if uh, is has done the transgene-free. Use two different approach. So in our approach, we really have no foreign DNA or any TDA or selection marker in the you know final product. So it's really uh, simplified the whole deregulation process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: and and so. And the reason that we're using CRISPR, I mean, the technology mm. itself, it, it's it's new because it allows you to, what, go out and seek a certain DNA sequence. Maybe you couldn't do that in the past. Is that correct? Or And cut it out? Or how uh, does that work?
1: In the past, actually, you can there's many different ways. You can actually you can do it. Um, uh, before the CRISPR, you have uh, uh, like s- several other older technology. You can do it, but not as uh, easy, like a tail you know, we have been working on. Uh, citrus canker, mm-hmm. the citrus have the tail effector. That one was developed into tail another genome editing technology okay. uh, that has been also used for the genome editing in many different crops, including like a, a citrus, even though there's no publication. We actually, we work on that. That's why we led us to the CRISPR okay. uh, genome editing, but uh, that one just much more difficult. Okay, so yes. CRISPR is just mm-hmm. an
0: easier way to, yeah. to do the gene editing of a specific gene of interest. Yeah, this okay. is
1: the way so far and the cheapest way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, can you just
0: walk yeah. us through the steps? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. everybody would be interested to know, you know, mm-hmm. what are the different steps in this this gene editing process? Because I think people tend to think, oh, something can be done really quick and easy and you have mm-hmm. a plant, you, you go and you edit it and you have a plant here tomorrow, but that's not the case. And mm-hmm. so can you walk us through that step mm-hmm. and the timeline
1: to get this done? Yeah, I think I... We developed two, actually two or three different technologies for the uh, changing-free. Let's let me uh, describe our first one. Okay. Uh, this one we started like uh, let's see, same years ago. Uh, you know, really, even though we started work on CRISPR probably 20, 20, uh, 2013 Uh, for you know, tissue genome editing use CRISPR technology, but um, changing-free with you know, there's several. Technology, the like challenge we need to to do to fix. First is a, is a biallele homozygous mutation. Um, the second of all is a, should be changing free. The first uh, first thing we have done is try to overcome the uh, the bio- homozygous or um editing. The reason is situated are the uh, hybrid, they have two set of alleles for each gene basically. Sometimes you need to knock out both alleles. Okay. So at the beginning, we did the transgenic approach to make sure we, c- we can get on Leo on the homozygous mutation. Then we finally get that done in 2016, in 2022, we be, uh, 2020, we become very uh, thorough on that. So at the same time, right, we have been working on transgene, free gene <clears throat> I did from ton- 2017 as well. Uh, and we begin to make a lot more effort in think, uh, probably 2015 um let's see uh, then but it will take a long time before we really make a big throw in 2021 okay so we finally generate the first set of the twenty three free plant how we did that uh if for this first approach we use the in uh, input proplast uh, it's really a collaboration project with uh, uh, Dr. Jude Grosser and several uh, uh, labs in within UF within CREC, if um, mm-hmm. so, what do we do is uh, jute Lab? They have the you know uh, developed the uh, embryogenic uh, tissue culture for mm-hmm. different uh, varieties of citrus. So we uh, just generated the uh, embryogenic protoplast. We do the use the um, <clears throat> use the uh, Cas twelve a uh, and. Uh, garden uh, and RNA and the protein and the garden it is is kind of a complex. Uh, then you do the transformation of the protoplast, okay? okay. Uh, then after that, you do the, uh, this re- regeneration It'll take a long time. It take like 10 months from the, after I like a single cell, then grow into the you know, this type of, of plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you do the macro-grafting uh, into the uh, so backing it, up, um, like so, the
0: uh, editing of the protoplast—that's uh, at the cell level. Yes. So you're editing that, and then you're going to take that single cell and grow it into a plant, like you said, about that tall, which takes about a year. Yes. Essentially, yes. what I would call it in a petri dish. <laughs> it's <laughs> basically right. yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. After that, you do the uh, then you do the micro graft onto the rootstock. Uh, then you take another several Right? They, they keep growing. Right? You know, in the in the in the tubes. You grow into, uh, then uh, grow into this, uh, like, um, uh, then try to plant into the greenhouse, okay. so then you keep um, propagate. Uh Hopefully, the, the plant, the, you know, after you know, one two years, it be big enough to have enough replicate to do the testing okay yeah.
0: so the time it takes from when you trans do that transformation at the single cell level mm-hmm. to where you have a nursery plant that's essentially ready to test uh, mm-hmm. you know like a foot tall nursery nursery plant mm-hmm. what 12 18 months maybe yeah
1: twelve eighteen 18 months yeah Okay. plus the, the one year ahead so more than two years of okay. process yeah. okay
0: so this is a two-year process just mm-hmm. to create a plant mm-hmm. and i know that when you're doing this when you're doing the edits when you're starting back at that single cell level mm-hmm. It's not always. You don't always have success. You sometimes it's the the efficiency is what is it less than
1: ten percent? Is it? It's uh, it depends. It seems uh, there's many uh, like uh, uh, let's see many many different challenges uh, because uh, uh, protoplast uh, editing is one of the most um, I think high tech in agriculture. In agriculture I think mm-hmm. so. So the editing is one. Difficult part, the regeneration different part, and also the the uh, the selection of gene also very is also affecting the your success. Somehow actually in our first one, actually we are very lucky to choose the level one gene that is the canker uh, stability gene. For some reason, even though we was very difficult to find to start with, but the mutation rate is really high. It's more than ninety seven percent. Okay. By a little or mutation, that's really uh, unbelievable. Yeah, okay. but for most of the other genes. Uh, it seems really depend. Yeah.
0: So that's the reason I, I know we've talked about. and We'll talk a little more about mm-hmm. the first plant that you've you've been able to develop is a, a citrus plant resistant to citrus canker. Mm-hmm. But it's because you have such a high success rate in transforming that gene or editing that gene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew what the gene was for yeah. one, yes. <laughs> and then yeah. you said what ninety something percent or eighty percent success rate. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty high yeah. compared to when you're working with these genes that you think are responsible for HLB, mm-hmm. susceptibility, or resistance. Mm-hmm. It's what, less than 10%, less than 1%, something like
1: that? Um, let's, let's first look, clarify the level one editing. Uh-huh. Okay. So we basically generated 42 lines, uh, 39 uh, survived, uh, then 38 uh, homozygous and then body mutant, uh, transgene free. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think we're uh, really, uh, really a heavy surprise. Okay. So this just, um, before the, Graining uh, for the uh, HRB we just uh, we have many You know many many potential target, but not like a Canker really we, we know for sure not mm-hmm. one it is it's the, it's the right target we have to work on for HRB you have to choose more target because uh, CELUS has not, not been cultured, right? So we have to you know, we have many potential target um, no, but it was not as certain as uh, level one. Uh, of course, our current study on the uh, you know, HLB uh, being a uh, pathogen triggered immune disease that help us to narrow down the target. Um, but yeah. you know, not as uh, okay. As so, certain. so
0: yes. you're really, you're still kind mm-hmm. of this, it's kind of like the Easter egg hunt right now. You're still looking for the egg, mm-hmm. or or in this case, the gene that's responsible for for HLB or genes. Uh, you've got a pretty good idea mm-hmm. of what you think it might be related mm-hmm. to this ROS or the is re, it reactive or reactive oxygen species yeah. that re- results in the stress mm-hmm. response to HLB that that causes the decline of the plants. So mm-hmm. um, I know you've got a number of lines. Uh, how many how many lines do you have right now that you've you've created that you're going to test?
1: Oh, it's a uh, if you you know this one is. Um we have many lines, Uh, some, many of them actually are transgenic, uh, is general editor line, mm-hmm. but they have used the transgenic approach. Okay. Because uh, we really want to, uh, you know, we have been working on that. We want to make sure we uh, have the right target. We, um, we also, you know, that we have started work before the our transgene free gene editing technology was fully developed, right? Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, we have, um, let's see, we have maybe, uh, let's see more than 100 lines okay. okay so for like a maybe more than like a 40 target okay, okay? so but most most of them are really transgenic generated by uh, transgenic uh, genuinity. Mm-hmm. so so those plans are some of the highest one probably this high okay. low, but uh, one half year old okay so getting close to be tested on the HRB um, um, yeah. And again, yeah.
0: uh, in some of those, you, as you mentioned, those are still considered transgenic because mm. you've been working on this, mm. doing the transgenic approach using gene editing yeah. back before you would perfected the, the transgene-free. Yeah. And so you've got a lot of things, kind of proof of concept, really, find out yeah. what works the best. But at the same time, you're still working on mm. developing those uh, as transgene-free plants as well. Yeah. And, so, and so you do have some lines of transgene-free uh, that you're going to test against HLB, Correct.
1: Changing free that one is uh, really uh, small, you know, mm-hmm. that's why uh, most of them still in the, in the previous state okay. because you know, think about that, right? Our, we really first reach the country rate line in 2021 and early 2022. Okay. So it, then, you know, begin to apply that technology in 2022, right? Mm-hmm. So you remember it took like 10 months, to, uh, one year, almost one year from PD to the next step. Okay. So we we you know we have very few uh the trans free line okay. on the on the HRB target. Yeah.
0: So we probably have at least another year before those will be ready to go to the field, I would guess
1: that's right. Okay. That's okay. why for the trans free line that take uh, it will take a, little, a little longer time. But mm-hmm. many of the uh genetic line use the transgenic approach the Okay. As more and so
0: that's what's going to the field as you know, soon or as we speak, uh, mm-hmm. some of these, these that are considered transgenic still, but they've been developed using CRISPR for these targets against HLB that you're interested in. That's
1: right. Some are um, you know some are actually ready to good field right now, mm-hmm. but we probably want to wait until next March, uh, okay. I think, because uh, to avoid the uh, cold front. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, um, I
0: guess, I guess the, one of the good reasons, or the interesting things about the transgene free, why we're so interested in that versus transgenics, is there's a difference in the regulatory process. Mm-hmm. So um, you're gonna have multiple lines of plants, some that are transgenic, some that are not. What's the difference, I mean, in general terms, as far as getting those released to growers? Um,
1: for the transgenic line, right, uh, for the transgenic pro, uh, lines, uh you have to go through the uh, like APHIS, right EFIS, uh epa and fda uh, regulation the mainly ifs and uh, epa um if it's a transgenic ticket, it's much it's much more difficult and um, expensive process mm-hmm. for the uh free lines it's much more simpler i want to use our transgene free country line as an example um we work with uh, you know, EFIS really uh, did an amazing job, and also EPA. They're really uh, willing to help and uh, they speed up the process. I think it's really uh, within, like, a, I think EFIS uh, takes about a couple of months. Uh, EPA also takes a couple of months, you know, go, go through the, the, the deregulation process. Mm-hmm. Now, our transgene free concrete line is uh, it totally approved uh, at, uh, at the federal level. Uh, we actually already sent a plan to uh, DPI, a new bottlewood program okay. uh, for the state program, so they are ready to get uh, to be uh, commercialized. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so it, it's a as you mentioned, it's just a much sh- shorter deregulation process because it's really kind of exempt from regulations, is my understanding. And mm-hmm. so with these transgene-free, you said what? Two months to kind of get the approval for your canker-resistant lines, and are mm-hmm. those are those oranges or grapefruit or what what varieties are? Have you got those uh, completed with canker resistance? Uh, the
1: one we have is the uh, sweet orange okay. Um, okay. cultivar ha- Hamlin. Oh, Hamlin.
0: Hamlin. Okay. Hamlin.
1: Yeah. Okay. We are still also working on uh, grapefruit and also uh, Valencia. So Valencia, we think we'll get. The, I think we'll get it pretty soon. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so those are already. So you've got them to DPI mm-hmm. for cleanup. And uh, are those going to be going to the field trials really soon, or?
1: Yeah. 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 Actually, um, I think also next March because okay. we really want to avoid the cold front. Okay. Sure will survive the cold front.
0: Yeah. I think that'll be mm-hmm. a, uh, an important test for us, is because I guess mm-hmm. they've not been in the field before. We've not seen how they hold up in the environment, but also you know the fruit yeah. production. We want to make sure that you know the fruits the right quality and then bearing. You know, it bears good quantities of fruit. So. That's all to come, I guess, in the coming year.
1: Actually, you know the the line, we think we might have some good uh, effect against HRB as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, the reason we think because uh, it seems affecting in ours level, mm-hmm. uh, so I I think if it, I was <laughs> is right, so that means that plan might be have some uh, tolerance against HRB too. But uh, of course, we need the data to support that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. but it gives us a little bit of hope, maybe uh, that Mm -hmm. you've got something that's ready, it's transgene free, ready to go to the field. Although it was developed for canker, Mm -hmm. because it, you know, again is affecting that ROS production. Maybe it has some tolerance, if not resistance, to to HLB. So Mm, that's our
1: hope. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll know. Mm -hmm. Start getting collecting data on that in the coming spring, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you've got a lot of other lines uh, being developed in the greenhouse, um, and do you have a lot of other targets you're working on right now in your lab? You're Still, still developing new varieties or, or new lines. I should. Yeah,
1: say. you know, <clears throat> uh, when I've f- published that, well, like you know first realized um, HIV is a pathogenic immune disease. You know, we really try really at the um, cellular level of you know, and now we really added the uh, further narrow down the genetic level, so we, uh, we can know the what genes are involved, uh, we have uh, I, I think you know, HRP, even though it takes a long time to, for us to figure it out, I, I think uh, actually many targets can generate HRP tolerant or resistant plant, it just, it, makes, it just makes sure the plant will be not only HRP tolerant or resistant, but also have a, a minimum effect on the Plant uh, characters like growth, uh, like a uh, uh, fruit quality, yield, that kind of stuff. Okay. So I, I think we have many targeted work. Yeah. Make sure that we you know the wine has least negative effect.
0: Well, that's why we have to get them in the field to to see how they do work and to make mm-hmm. sure that they perform as expected. So yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: okay yeah. agree okay so it sounds like you've got a lot of things moving along to the field uh and in the next year or so it was going to be really exciting to see how these these go, mm-hmm. um. And uh, anything else that's exciting you right now about your research?
1: Uh, I think the most exciting part just try to really speed up, scale up the you know to make the, uh, the for the our select target. Or even though we choose the forty target, I think our most exciting target probably um, I would say or eight target. I think those one our most um, um, most exciting target. Mm-hmm. So we really want to scale up and speed up on those target because you cannot only generate one line for each target. I think the, normally, I think for each target, you have generated like more than 10 lines, I think. Okay. Uh, then each line you have have a, um do the propagation, right? For multiple replicate, We for each different line, we normally do 15 um, at least um the to replicate. We propagate the 15, mm-hmm. then basically you can, so you have enough replicated when you test in the field, so the data will be yeah. robust.
0: So we, yeah, so we know that it really works like you expect. So. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah.
1: only one, one, one plant. Yeah.
0: No, we want to have replicated <laughs> plants in the field. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the key points that you mentioned uh, that IFAS right now, you know, we're wanting to speed all this up. We see the, mm-hmm. the value in this biotech approach using gene mm-hmm. editing and CRISPR um, uh, from all levels of IFAS administration, you know, we've, we've got support to expand and invest mm-hmm. more heavily in mm-hmm. the, uh, CRISPR generating research at mm-hmm. the university of Florida. So, um, I know you're right now we're in the process of de- uh, building new screen to, mm-hmm. uh, increase the amount of holding space for these plants to grow mm-hmm. them up even faster. So you can get those into field trials, um, a cup structure being built for to grow some of these plants in the field as well. Um, which will be helpful. Uh, your lab is expanding, um, we're hiring more people, and it's just, I think the, the whole point is that we're trying to uh, give you and your lab crew uh, all the resources you need to work as fast as possible. So um, I think everybody's excited about the future that, you know, and the prospects for this, and uh, we look forward to talking more about this in the future and, and getting updates on the progress.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. Roger, and, you know, thank you to the CREC leadership. Thank you to the APHIS, like, um, Dr. Gilbert, uh, Dr. Scott Angle, and also for the UF for the uh, wonderful support. I think that's really, really helpful for us to speed up and to scale up the process. Hopefully, we can get a plan to the city drawers as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: I think so. And also, I shouldn't uh, overlook it. we're in the process right now also funding coming from FDOC and, and possibly even CRDF to help speed this up as well. So a lot of people are involved in, in trying to bring this uh, across the finish line as fast as possible. And so Dr. Wong, we thank you for all your work and we'll let you get back to your lab and uh, get back to work and as fast as possible. Okay, thank you Dr. Ryder. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.